0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. You know, um, I don't do this very often, but... Um, there, um Katie Brantley said something to me uh, before the service. And uh, as you know, um, Chris, one of our deacons, and Katie, have been very, very faithful. And uh, the Lord uh, gave her a word uh, recently. All right, you didn't know I was going to do it. Come on up here. You, you can get through it. You don't need shoes. <laughs> Sometimes you got
1: to take your shoes off to Yeah, that's right. Okay. okay. Will y'all forgive me if this is not very polished? Good morning, Saints. If you can't tell, I've been under the leadership of uh, Jeremiah for some some years, even before I got the um, blessing of being introduced to pastor. We were at the University of Alabama, so... I'm I'm on track with you this morning. That's the first thing I've got is greeting the saints. (laughs) I wanted to encourage you with what God has been encouraging my heart with. And just wanted to ask how many of you know, how many of you truly believe God is raising up a generation of warriors to fight for his kingdom? Do you believe that? For such a time as this, right? Yeah. Right? These kids back here. All those kids in your family, big ones and the little ones, the future kids to come, the ones that haven't even been born yet, the young adults in here, y'all are all part of that. You got a role to play, right? You believe that? He's a nervous thing about how this is going to go. Everything we got, if we turn on the news, and turn it back off. <laughs> He's not pacing around, wringing his hands, wondering how he's going to work out the attacks Amen. and the challenges of this generation, church. Amen. The attacks on their sexual purity, on the holiness of marriage covenant, attacks on their gender identity, mental health, addiction to drugs, money, pornography. They might be coming up against some heavy hitters. Yeah. But how many of you truly believe God has equipped them for such a time Amen. as this? Amen.
0: Amen. Yes.
1: I'm believing with you. I need you to stand with me. So Not 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 physically. we got to stand together. So in case you're feeling that you're hoping what God can and will do for this generation, I have some encouragement for you this morning. Encouragement that I pray fans that fire in your spirit to continue the role God has placed in you to spur on, encourage, and help him train and equip them for their callings and their assignments. And the first example I want to give you is Elisha Brantley. I'd ask him to stand up, but he's engrossed in his headphones on his tablet right now for the benefit of everybody to be able to listen. <laughs> so God put a desire in my heart <clears throat> last year to start prayer and worship. <clears throat> so I started dreaming on what God would do with that, and how God would use that to impact our community and our, what kind of ministry God would do with that. And it's starting. It's starting slow. Some of us, we hadn't all got there at the same time. Sometimes we trickle in. Sometimes it's two. Sometimes it's me. And God's been doing a work in my son's heart, too, because not too long ago, it was just me down there. <clears throat> and every night <clears throat> when we do that prayer and worship, Elisha's up there tapping on his windows. We're putting him down early, y'all, trying to get this <laughs> in without kids. He's tapping on his window. He's greeting everybody, coming in the win- coming in the- walking in the front door as they're leaving. He's tapping on the window, telling them goodbye. And he come to the top of the stairs and he said, Mommy, can I come? Can I come worship Jesus with you? And that night, this conversation that we've continued over the past couple years just grew and grew and developed into, Mommy, I want to ask Pastor Steve. I need to I need I choose to follow Jesus. I need to get baptized. I want to be so I can go in the water and be and go in the water and then come out of the water and be the new man and still be <laughs> Elisha, but so that I can go and I can tell people about Jesus. <clears throat>
2: Amen.
1: And so not too long after that, he walked up to Pastor Steve at church and said, Pastor Steve, <laughs> I just want to be baptized so yes, I can go did. in the water and I can come out and be the new man. Yes, he did. And um, I tell you, that has been a journey for us to yeah. to watch the passion and the desire in a five-year-old's heart that will fan um, the flame in my own, <clears throat> <Amen. clears throat> the Amen. the faith that he has at such a young age. So I want to encourage you, church, because what pastor's been preaching on is that. Uh, not, so a week after that, we, we made it official, and we just sat down. I said, Elisha, I know you probably have listened to you pray night after night, saying, Jesus, I will choose to follow you. I would imagine Jesus considers that the point of your salvation. Oh, so, absolutely. <laughs> when you told him, I will follow you that night. But I guess mommy had some <laughs> scripted things, so we're just going to make it official and call it August 3rd. <laughs> So August 3rd, Elisha chose. We, we mark that as the date that he has begun his relationship with Jesus. And I want to encourage y'all that Elisha is putting on the helmet of salvation, church. And the number one attack of the enemy on this generation. Do you believe it's in their mind? Do you believe that? And all these attacks we're talking about, there's some heavy hitters, but it's going to start in their mind. Yeah, so how fitting right. Right. that God would put the helmet of salvation Amen. to start that journey. To protect that mind. Yeah. So I just want to encourage you, and whatever your um, assignment is with this generation, that their thoughts are 80% right now, 80% as a statistic, negative, and 95% repetitive. Mm. And if we can twist that statistic to make this generation um, a generation that would put on the full armor of God, that would protect mm-hmm. that mind, that it would start there and that it would make way into their hearts. So pray and ask God what your role is in the lives of these children, the young adults. Is your is it your children or grandchildren? Maybe it's somebody else's children or grandchildren that God has in your circle of influence right. Till the time that he's called you to become, step into that role. Right. You don't have to have children to be a part of this. You listen, you pray. You trust in his leading, you obey, and you trust him when he says, If my people who are called by my name <clears throat> will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will hear their land. He Amen. ain't worried, church. He's got a plan. And he's ready to Thank take you, that Lord. sword from Goliath and defeat it. Amen. Defeat him with the sword that he came up against.
0: Amen. The
1: Lord.
0: Well, y'all ready to go home? All right. Now, that was a good word right there, wasn't it? I'm good. I can go. Thank you, Katie. What a timely word. And uh, thank you for submitting that uh, to me before the service. I didn't know what you were going to say, but uh, you submitted the right to say it, and I appreciate that, and that's order. Thank you for that good word. What a blessing. What a blessing. Do you know that, um, you ever heard of Barna, the great researcher that uh, researches religious entities all over the country? It's his living Something came out uh, that Pastor Wayne pointed out to me this week. And uh, while I'm appreciative for Pastor Wayne showing it to me, it is uh, sickening. But in light of uh, what uh, Katie just said to you and how timely a word that is, uh, a vast amount of research has indicated that in the United States, our country, out of all adults, in this country, 4% of adults in the United States have anything anywhere close to a biblical worldview. In the body of Christ, in, organize, in church, 9% of all adults in church... Have a biblical worldview. 9%. Sickening. No wonder our culture is such a mess. No wonder there's such anger and confusion and prejudice. No wonder there's such division. No wonder there's such a moral. Failure. And those were the answer to six questions. One of them being, do you believe that Jesus Christ is God's sinless son? Do you believe that the Bible is God's accurate record? Do you be, I mean, questions that should be fundamental for all who profess to know the Lord. But when I hear things like I just heard today that there are young adults who are seeking the Lord who are praying for their children who are investing the word of God into their children when I hear things like that I'm good to go now because I know who's in control it's not me or you Thank you, Lord. And I believe this, that God has assembled this body right here. You know this is a small church, but it has a huge footprint. This man that you uh, hear, and he has an audience with the most powerful people in our state. I think, the, I think his first name's Nick. I'm not sure. I got a call this week from uh, one of the ministers that we cover. We have the honor to be Bishop all over his. Chet Williams, and he invited me to come to practice, Jim. He and I sat with uh, Coach Freeze back in uh, January. Had a wonderful visit. God is uh, using... Chet, Auburn's campus, and has for over 20 years. You are investing in the work of God's kingdom all over this place. You don't even know about It's a wonderful thing. And I thank all of you for being part of this diverse body, black, white, Hispanic, Catholic, Presbyterian, Anglican, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, you name it. God ain't interested in all that. Amen. He's interested in family. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for being part of that. All right, turn with me, if you will, now to 2 Corinthians, and I'm going to make this streamlined. 2 Corinthians. And uh we're going to just briefly review where we were last week and then take some new ground right on the right on the heels of what we talked about last week, and that is Prevailing grace, we define grace is that mighty force of God's favor and God's supernatural ability that flows out of his love and into those who know him and trust him and believe him, his children. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we ask you for the anointing of your spirit on your word and on your servant. We ask you to speak that word of God right into our spirit, man, that we may receive it, that it may be life to us. And we ask this in the name of Jesus, and all the people said, Amen. 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 We saw last time in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 that the apostle, whom the Lord had spoken to personally and uh, used mightily, as we know now, to author um, at least. Uh, uh, 11, maybe 12 books of the New Testament, and um, this Apostle Paul uh, had an experience with the Lord where he was taken into the very throne room of heaven, and um, was told things and saw things that he said is not even lawful for me to utter on the earth. And he said in uh, verse 7, there was given to me, because of all the revelation that I received, a thorn in the flesh. A messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above all measure. Concerning this thing, I pled with the Lord. I pled with the Lord three times. You ever plead with the Lord about something and don't seem to get any results? How would you like to be the apostle that the Lord used to write a big chunk of the New Testament, who pleaded with the Lord? Pled with him. Please don't make me have to go through this. Please take this away from me. Don't let this suffering continue. Don't let this buffeting this to buffet means to just keep on beating on it. I pled three times with the Lord that it might depart from me, and he, Jesus, said to me, My grace, my favor and my supernatural strength. And ability is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. You feeling weak today? You're a perfect candidate for the grace and the strength of God. You got stuff that's just overwhelmed you and you don't know how to figure it out. And you keep on asking God change it, change it, change it. And you don't seem to see any results. God would say to you today my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Your weakness is actually the stage, God says, on which I'm going to show you my strength. You don't know the answer? Don't worry about it. You tried your best to fix it and you can't do it? Don't worry about it. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. See, the problem with most of us is we won't admit our weakness. We insist on trying to work it out and fix it our way. I know I'm preaching to somebody besides me. Well, see, that's better. Don't die on me out here now. My grace is sufficient for you Then my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, Paul says, if that's the case, I'm going to boast in my infirmities. That word is pain, weakness, frailty, Sickness is translated many ways in the New Testament, but, but it always reflects a, a weakness, a, a, a pain. I'm going to rejoice in that, he says, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, when I go through these pains, these weaknesses, these weaknesses, when I go through reproaches, that is when I, everybody's attacking me, saying bad things about me. Has that ever happened to any of you? Just, you ought to be a pastor for a while. <laughs> in needs, in persecutions, I'm being beat up. I'm being persecuted for what I believe. In distresses, I can't even lay my head down without all this anxiety. Paul saying, in all these things, when I'm doing it for Christ's sake, I am, when I am weak, then I'm really strong. Oh my. When I am weak, then I'm really strong because Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Everybody say it with me. When I'm weak. When I'm beat up. When I'm confused. When I'm perplexed. When I'm deserted, when I'm persecuted, when I'm, when I'm um, falsely accused, then I'm really strong in Christ's strength. Okay, so there you have the synopsis of last week. Now let's turn back to the left, to chapter 4, and let's move on to today because he's really, this is amplifying what we studied last week. And um, we see this in beginning here in verse 13. Paul is talking about um, the power of the Spirit of God that is in the believer that brings liberty. And that we are being transformed into the image of Jesus from glory to glory. That is, from one manifestation of his presence to a greater manifestation of his presence by the Spirit of God. He says there in uh, chapter 4 and verse 13, Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. Everybody say this with me. I will end up speaking what I really believe. I really believe. So you can come in here and say you really believe in the Lord and you, he's guided and, and then, uh, you know, when you're uh, in the parking lot out there, you can say, well, I don't know what I'm going to do about that. I, don't, I think I'm going under this time. <laughs> your mouth will give your heart away. What you continually speak is what's really in your heart. God put a muzzle on my mouth. Amen? Amen. That I may say things that are in you and of the truth. We believe, therefore we speak, therefore knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you for all things are for your sake. Now watch this. That grace, God's favor and his ability, that God's grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. How many of you know that grace is to be received and grace is to be released? It is for you to receive, for you to be a carrier of that grace to others. The favor and ability of God. How long has it been since you told somebody that God really loves them and He's for them? No, see, they, they just believe that God's just up there ready to drop the anvil on them because of their sin. God took care of your sin at the cross in Jesus. Amen. If He didn't, we're all in trouble,
2: yeah.
0: right? the yeah. the 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 reception of that grace is by faith. God, I see it in the in Your Word, and it's a gift. So, all I can do is receive it. That's all you can do for a gift. You can't earn a gift. Amen. They can. They're two totally contradictory concepts. you have to receive a gift Amen. Amen. by faith when you hear the word of God Amen. but God doesn't want that grace to stay stuck somewhere in a compartment in your spirit. He wants you to 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 be a carrier of that grace to the people that he's Amen. put in your life Amen. that gives thanksgiving to the and, and Gives glory to God. Therefore, verse 16, watch this. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. How many of you know that the moment your body was born, it started to die? Did you know that? Now, um, some of us in here are in the fourth quarter. I realize that. It's sobering. <laughs> But I don't care how old you are, your physical body is on its way out of here. Are you ready? Are you prepared? <clears throat> Our outward man is perishing, yet, the inward man, the real you, your spirit man, where God lives in the believer. Your your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions—the real you—is being if you're in Christ is being renewed day by day. What about that, Joe? So this shell of a body you see may uh, may may be getting older and older and wearing a little more uh, less strong, but I want to tell you the real you. Your spirit, your soul in Christ is being renewed day by day. You're getting younger and stronger, Louise. But I've got document from the Word of God that the real you on the inside is getting, new, is getting stronger day by day because the real you is going to live somewhere Forever. The only thing that's going to die about you is this thing that, that, that you're living in, this body, this shell. The real you is going to spend eternity. Either with the Lord whom you believe and receive, or away from the Lord whom you've rejected in the kingdom of the enemy. Receive the gift. Amen. Now, watch this, verse 17. For our light affliction. (laughs) What is affliction? The word is thlipsis in the original language, Greek. And it means something that puts a lot of pressure on you. Anybody in here not have any pressure? You're dead and don't know it. (laughs) Pressure is part of this living in this world, Joe. Isn't that right? It's true, right, Brother Claude? The, The... the light affliction. How do you determine what light affliction is? How would you define it? I mean, just, just ask yourself that question. How would I determine light affliction, the onslaught of pressure?
2: Hmm.
0: Wow. Well, look back in verse uh, eight, would you? Here's here's what Paul called light affliction. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Are you feeling the squeeze of the pressure of living in this world? Relationships, money, physical well-being, all all the the social things. Paul says we are hard-pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We are perplexed. You ever been where you just don't know what to do? You just don't get it. Me and two others. We are perplexed. We don't get it. But we're not in despair. We don't know what to do, but we're not in despair. We hadn't pulled the covers over our head and refused to get up. Persecuted. I mean, we're being attacked But not forsaken. Struck down. Knocked down. But not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body. The dying of the Lord Jesus. Lord. I'm dead to my ability to fix anything in this world. I'm dead to my own sin. I received that which you did on my behalf at the cross that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. Now, wait a minute. Did you get that? The life of Jesus may be manifested in your body when you are perplexed, knocked down, persecuted, under pressure. Now, let's go back here. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Everybody say this with me. All my pain pain. that I see today today. is temporary. temporary. How do you know that, Pat? Well, look at verse 17. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us. Everybody say this with me. My My affliction is working for me. How does that happen? That's what it says, Mike. That's what it says. All my light affliction, and we showed you what that meant in Paul. All of that is working for you. Those, those issues that you're facing right now that are way over your head, you can't fix them. They're working for you. How does that happen? Well, let's keep on reading. Verse 18. I'm sorry, the end of verse 17. It is working for us because God is working in a, a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, what's glory? The ability to carry and manifest the presence of the Lord. Now watch this. You want to know what glory is? Hold on. Looks dark in here to some degree, right? But you know, there's some electricity in these walls. You can't see it. Light is the glory of electricity. You feel that cool air this morning? I'm grateful for it. That's the glory of electricity. It's the manifestation of something you can't see. It's something that can be seen that is affected by something that can't be seen. That's what glory is. And what the Lord is trying to do, even with all these, uh, the, these pressures and all this stuff that we go through, what the Lord is working on is the ability for you to reflect more and more light, more of the glory of God. The presence of Jesus. And the only way somebody's going to see Christ in you is by the manifestation of the life of Christ in you. The love of God. The grace of God. The peace of God. The wisdom of God. These are manifestations of his glory. His presence in us is going to to bring forth a glory, a manifestation. But notice verse 18 tells us how that's going to happen. That happens while we do not look. And that means to gaze at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen. Do you see the Holy Spirit in your life? Do you see the presence of Christ in your life? Do you see the throne of heaven? No, but you see the manifestation of it. And what we're to do is to take our eyes and our focus. Look. You've got to notice the things that you see, but notice is not the same thing as focus. You've got to pay attention to the things you have to go through on this earth, but attention is not absorption. And what the Word is telling us here is that we're to to keep our eyes on the things which are unseen because those are the things that are eternal. Eternal. Everybody say this with me. If I can see it, it's subject to change. If I can see it and hear it and feel it, it's subject to change. By the power of the Lord, his love, his His presence in you, the focus... When grace does its best work is where we're in a position of weakness. And what do we do? We admit that we need you, Lord. We're totally dependent on you, Lord. Apart from you, we are nothing and can do nothing. But we don't have to be apart from you. Thank you, God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. How does grace do its best work? By focusing on the things that are not seen. Do you believe Romans five? 5 the love of God has been poured out in your heart by the Holy Spirit. You didn't get that off the daily news. You didn't hear that in the letters and the phone calls. I bet you didn't even read it in social media. It's in the Word of God. And it's the voice of the Spirit of God. His love. You have an opportunity to show grace when you focus on the Lord who loves you. You're, you have an opportunity to show that, to keep your eyes on the things you can't see when you recognize that there's one right now who is at the throne room of God, right at the right hand of the Father, and he's praying for you. Hebrews 7.25, he ever lives to make intercession for you. He's pr- what does that mean? He's praying for you 24-7. You ought to get greater revelation that Jesus himself is praying for you. I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody better to pray for me than that. Give us revelation, Lord. So therefore, Hebrews 4.16 says we can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. How do I focus on what I don't see? There's one who sees you, and Philippians two thirteen says, He is at work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You need some wisdom? James 1, 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives to everybody freely who will ask in faith. No, i got to get everything right before I can ask God for anything. Good luck with that. That ain't going to happen. Jesus has provided. Jesus has provided. He's your source of wisdom. He promised to give it if you would ask in faith. Well, I don't know. I'm about to run out of strength, Pastor. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have the ability to be a carrier of the glory of God as I focus on Him. Why is that true? In closing, here we go. Chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, or where the Spirit is Lord, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face. We don't have to be like Moses. We all with unveiled face. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. That is the outshining of his character. we We are being transformed into the same image. The image of Jesus from one manifestation of glory to another. That is there's more light every day. As we walk in the light. And who makes that possible? By the Spirit of the Lord. That's where you get prevailing grace. And if you are in a mess today, you're in a perfect place. To ask God to be your strength. To partner with Him. Recognizing that His strength is made perfect in your weakness. Now I want you to bow your heads with me for just a minute here. I'm ask our praise team to come forward. There is a song that you all know. But sometimes we don't really reflect on what we know. And it can be a testimony for all of us today. And by faith I want you as you sing this song together as we close that it would really minister to your heart and become the theme of your life, the grace of God. It's yours. It's a gift. Would you just reach out by faith in your own heart and say, Lord, I receive that grace today. Hallelujah. Stand together. Let's sing it together. for that grace Lord available and at work and all who will receive give us greater revelation of that grace Lord I pray for all of these your body your, your church today that you would bless them with a greater revelation of your grace in Jesus name go with God he's going with you and we'll see you next week